Good afternoon. Sorry again about this morning. The uh, audio just was very static. I couldn't hear a thing that I had said. So uh, take two. We are in uh, beginning tractate brachot, and we are on Bet Amud Aleph or 2a from the very beginning. I'm going to read, translate, and explain. From when can one say the Shema prayer at night? We have an obligation to say Shema twice every single day, once in the morning and once at night. And those are guided by specific time frames. So when can I begin saying the Shema at night? We answer, So the beginning is from the time that the Kohanim go in to eat their teruma. From the time that the priest, the Kohen, goes in to eat the Truma. Truma is one of the gifts that the Jewish nation is required to give to the Kohen, to the priest who serves in the temple. And it's a way of supporting the priests. And there are specific guidelines that dictate when a priest is allowed to eat from this gift, because this gift is considered holy. And one of those guidelines is, is that the Kohen, or the priest, cannot be ritually impure, or tame in order to eat the truma. So if a priest does become ritually impure, then there is a purification process. And there's several steps. Step number one is he must go to the mikvah. He must immerse himself in the ritual bath. Upon immersion, he still then needs to wait till evening, specifically... He has to wait until three stars come out at night. And only upon three stars coming out at night is he then pure enough, has he then become completely purified from the ritual impurity. And now he can go ahead and eat the churuma. So what we're saying here is that the earliest time to say Shema at night is the same time when a Kohen who was impure can finally once again eat churuma, which is when three stars come out at night. Or in Hebrew, Seit HaKochavim, the emergence of stars. Just for uh, context, when we talk about Shabbat, Shabbat begins Friday night at sundown, and it ends Saturday night at Seit HaKochavim, when three stars come out, which is actually about an hour after sunset. So that's the beginning time for saying Shema, three stars coming out. Ad Sof, back into the Mishnah, Ad Sof HaAshmura HaRishona, he can then say Shema, one can then say Shema, until the end of the first watch. In a Jewish tradition, a, the night is split up into three watches. We'll explain that, we'll elaborate on that in the Gemara. But one may say Shema until the end of the first watch, which is the end of the first third of the night. Divri Rabbi Eliezer, these are the words of Rabbi Eliezer. The sages argue and they say, You can actually say the Shema, the evening Shema, until midnight. Rabbi Gamliel, Omer, Rabbi Gamliel goes even one step further. He says, Ad amud You can actually say the Shema until sunrise. Masa, and there is a story. Uvanu vanav mi Rabbi Gamliel's children came from a party. They were out late partying. Omrulo, and they said to him, Lo We did not yet reach Shema, and it was after midnight. Omer lahem, so Rabbi Gamliel told them, Ivlo Allah amud hashachar. If the sun has not yet risen, chayavim atem likros, you are obligated still to read the Shema. Falozo bilvadam, and not only that, Ella, rather, kol masha amru chachamim ad anything, any ritual that the sages say 
its time is until midnight, because many different ritual, rituals in Judaism have time frames. So anytime the sages say that a certain ritual that needs to be done at night, its end time is midnight, the reality is, mitzvahsan ad the reality is, is that you can fulfill your obligation until sunrise. You do not have, if midnight has already passed, you still have the opportunity to fulfill your obligation. And we're going to give two examples of that right now. So for instance, example number one, hektar chalavim ve'evarim, the burning of the fats and the limbs, mitzvahsan ad amud hashachar. Its obligation goes until sunrise. What is this a reference to? So there are many different types of sacrifices that were offered in the temple, animal sacrifices, and different animal sacrifices had their own laws and regulations. Some of those animal sacrifices, parts of it needed to be burned on the altar by the next morning, or they, they had the, the entire night to be burned on the altar, but after that they no longer could be. And those were generally the fats and the limbs. So the sages say that when we talk about burning the fats and the limbs, you have to have them burned on the altar by midnight. And now Rabbi Gamliel is telling us, the Mishnah is telling us, that although the sages say you have to do that by midnight, the reality is, is you can fulfill your obligation to burn these fats and limbs until sunrise. The second example all of the sacrifices that are supposed to be only eaten for one day, one day, one night, the reality is, is that you can eat them until sunrise. There are different types of sacrifices, different time frames as to when you're allowed to eat them. Some of the sacrifices are allowed to be eaten for one day and one night. The sages said that you're only allowed to eat it until midnight. But now the Mishnah is clarifying that the reality is, is that you can fulfill your obligation to eat the sacrifices and you are allowed to eat the sacrifices until sunrise. But then the obvious question, Im Cain, if this is so, that really you can fulfill your obligation and you're permitted to engage in the ritual until sunrise, Lama Amru Chachamim Al Chatzos. Why did the sages say that you only have until midnight to do so? So the answer is, is it's in order to keep people away from sin. The sages are worried that if they allow, in an ideally, to go ahead and engage in the ritual until sunrise, people will keep on pushing it off and pushing it off, and by the time they finally engage, it will already be past sunrise and too late to do so anyways. So therefore, they said, do it before midnight, and that way there will be no transgression no pushing off and no uh, missing the actual obligation. That is the entirety of the Mishnah. It is now time to go into the Gemara. The Gemara is in Aramaic and it's going to elaborate on the Mishnah. Tana hechakai, dikatani me'emasai. Where is the Mishnah standing that its first question is me'emasai? From when? In other words, what the Gemara is wondering is that the Mishnah makes no reference of an obligation to say Shema. It almost assumes an obligation to say Shema in the evening, and it seems to jump a step and just ask, when is the earliest you can say this type of Shema? Or when's the latest you can say this Shema? Instead, but it seems that it's missing a step. So what is it falling back on? What source is it coming in with as a given that we already know? Vesu, and furthermore, 
And furthermore, why do we talk about the evening Shema first? Shouldn't we talk about the morning Shema first? When we think about starting our day, we think of starting our day in the morning. If so, why is the Mishnah talking about the evening Shema first and not the morning one? So we answer both questions with the following answer. Tana Akra Kai. Our Mishnah is based on the following Torah verse, the following biblical verse. Dichsiv, the verse says that we have an obligation to say Shema, Bishachbecha Uvkumecha, upon laying down at night and upon awaking, upon getting up in the morning. So now we know that you have to say Shema twice. And now what the mission is trying to do is just understand what is that exact time of when we get up and when we go to sleep or when we lay down at night. And now we also have an understanding as to why we are focusing on the evening Shema first. Because the first Shema mentioned in the Torah, in that biblical verse, is Bishach the one that you say upon laying down at night. The Hachikatani, and this is how we're supposed to understand the Mishnah. Zman Kriyashma. Dishriva, Amos, when is the time to say the Shema as referenced by the biblical verse that says you have to say the Shema when lying down, when you go to sleep at night? And then the Mishnah answers, And the Mishnah answers that you have to do so at the time that you can begin saying Shema, at the time that the Kohen goes in to eat Shruma, or is allowed to once again eat Shuma after purifying himself through the purification process. That is answer number one. Now we're going to provide another answer as to why we would focus on the evening Shema before the morning Shema. V'ibayas ema, or if you want, I can say, Yolif mibriyaso shal olam. Let us learn it out from the narrative of the creation of the world. Tichsiv. As the verse says, the verse says, when describing the creation of the world, each day has a very has the exact same formula. And it was evening and it was morning, day one. It was evening and it was morning, day two. So on and so forth. So we see in the creation narrative that it was evening comes before it was morning, as if to tell you that our days begin in the evening and end and, and continue during the day. They do not begin in the morning and end at night. Therefore, we would talk about the Shema in the evening first because that is truly the beginning of our day. Now, based on this, that we talk about the evening first because that is the beginning of our day, we have another question. If so, that that is the case, the next Mishnah or a later Mishnah that teaches us as follows. This Mishnah that is now going to be quoted by the Gemara is a Mishnah that deals with the blessings that we have to say before and after Shema. In our prayer service, we say blessings before Shema and after Shema. So let's talk about, let's read the Mishnah. In the morning, we say two blessings before the Shema and one after the Shema. Uva Erev and at night, Mivarech Shtayim Lefaneha Ushtayim Lacharecha. We say two blessings before the Shema and two blessings after the Shema. So if you noticed in this Mishnah, the laws of the morning Shema 
and its blessings were relayed before the laws of the evening Shema and its blessings. So that seems to contradict what we've explained until now, that we focus on the evening first because really the evening is the beginning of our day. And that's how the Gemara is going to ask, listening to Arvis Baratia, shouldn't we teach the laws of the evening Shema before the morning Shema? So we answer as follows. Tana Pasach Ba'arvis. The Mishnah begins talking about the evening Shema, referencing our Mishnah, that when we talk about the timelines, the first thing it talks about is the evening Shema. Vahadar Tani B'Shachris. Then we go and talk about the morning Shema. Once we're on the topic of times, we spoke about the evening times. The next Mishnah talks about the morning Shema's time frame. Ad Dekoi B'Shachris. Then, as because we are already now on the topic of the morning Shema and its time frame, but because we're already on the topic of the morning Shema, in the next Mishnah that talks about blessings before and afterwards, we're going to still stay on the morning Shema, continue it for stylistic reasonings. And then, And then when we're done discussing the morning Shema, then we'll go back to talking about the evening Shema and its blessings. So for stylistic reasons, that's why we have that we talk about the time frame of the morning Shema, of the evening Shema, the time frame of the morning Shema, the blessings before and after of the morning Shema, and then the blessings before and after of the evening Shema. That's a little window into the stylistic considerations of the Mishnah. Now we're going to go back and discuss one of the lines in the Mishnah. Omar Mar, Master said, referencing an earlier source. We said that you can say Shema as early as the time of when a Kohen is once again allowed to eat Truma after purifying, after becoming pure from any sort of ritual impurity, which we said is when three stars come out at night. Now let us see. The priests. From when can they start to eat truma after they have gone through the purification process? They can start eating truma from the time of when three stars come out. Listen, but if that's the case, that it's when three stars come out, why is the Mishnah being so strange? Why doesn't the Mishnah say, from when can we say Shema at night? From when three stars come out. Why is it telling us about this very random law and teaching us why is it bringing in this very random law about when a Kohen can eat Shuma in order to tell us that you can start saying Shema from when three stars come out? Stop beating around the bush and just say, you can start saying it from when three stars come out. What is the Mishnah trying to accomplish? So the answer the Gemara is going to give is very illuminating, again, to how the Mishnah worked. Milsa Agav Orche Kamashmala. The Mishnah is trying to teach us something extra. And this something extra has nothing to do with the time of Shema. But this points to the Mishnah being a very succinct book. A book that just gives us law in a very succinct way because this was part of an oral transmission. And it would take every opportunity possible, the Mishnah, to stuff as much information into one line. So here, although the main theme is when can you say Shema at night, once we are talking about that, we're going to try to stuff other less relevant information, inform, um, knowledge, into that same line, into that same law of the Mishnah. So what, are, what else is the Mishnah trying to teach us? 
It's trying to teach us, so Milsa, let's just reread that. Milsa Agav or The Mishnah is trying to teach us something else tangentially. And what is that? Kohanim, Amas Ka'achli, Bitruma, Mishas, That the Kohanim, they can eat from the Truma after ritual purification. They can eat from the Truma starting at when three stars come out. The Hakamashmalan, and that comes to teach us the Kapara Loma Akva. That the sacrifice does not keep a Kohen back from eating truma. What is this a reference to? Well, there really is one more step in the complete purification process. The Kohen has to have ritual immersion in the mikvah. The Kohen then has to wait till three stars come out. And then the next morning, people that are ritually impure, in some instances, they also have to bring a sacrifice. So you may have thought that in order for a Kohen to once again be able to eat Shruma, he'd have to wait till the next morning, until after he brings the sacrifice, so that the purification process is completely finished. What the Mishnah is teaching here is that no, the Kohen can eat it as soon as three stars come out, although he still has the obligation to bring the sacrifice, that does not keep him back from eating Shruma. Kiditanya, and now we're going to bring a proof for this. The proof is from a Brisa. Kiditanya always tells us that a brisa is coming. A brisa is a teaching from the same time of the Mishnah, about 200 CE. It's a teaching from, uh, from, the, from the same time of the Mishnah, but it was a teaching that was not as verifiable, that it was not as verified as the Mishnah, and therefore it did not make it into the Mishnah book. But this is what the brisa says. It quotes a verse. The verse says, Uva Hashemesh Vitaher. The verse in Leviticus tells us that the sun shall come, vitaher, and that is a word that's difficult to translate. The next part of the verse is, is that when the sun comes, vitaher, and this happens, then that is when a Kohen can once again eat from holy foods. So after a Kohen was impure, the sun has to come, and then vitaher has to happen. And vitaher can be understood in many different ways. The, simple, the translation that we are going with is vitaher means, and the sun, so uva hashemesh is the sun shall set. Vitaher, and in the day shall completely pass. When does the day completely pass? That is when three stars come out. So what that's teaching us then is that after, three, after the sun sets and three stars come out, that's when a Kohen can once again eat of holy food such as truma. Biashimshom akvaso milechol bitruma. The sun completely setting and the day being gone, that is what keeps a Kohen back from eating Shuma. Whereas the sacrifice does not keep a Kohen back from eating the Shuma, the sacrifice of the next morning. Now we're going to ask the question. How do you know that you are interpreting the verse correctly? You're interpreting the verse as Uva HaShemesh, the sun shall come, as referring to sundown. Vitaher, as the day shall pass, referring to three stars coming out. And that's when the Kohen can eat the Truma. But now we're going to go to 2b. We're going to read just a couple of lines of 2b and then we'll stop. Perhaps the real translation, the real interpretation of the verse is, Dilma Bias Orohu. Perhaps when it says the sun shall come, that's a reference to the sun coming up the next morning. Umay vitaher, and what would vitaher mean? Tahir gavra, the man 
the person will become completely pure because he will bring the sacrifice that will completely purify him. And only then can he eat holy foods such as truma. Maybe that's the correct interpretation of the verse. Um, Rabbi Barav Shela, Rabbi Barav Shela answers, no. Imkain, if that was the correct interpretation of the verse, then the verse should have used a different type of language. The verse should have spoken in a command form, saying, the sun will rise in the morning and you shall purify yourself, connoting some sort of command and an action that you have to do in order to purify yourself. And only then can you eat from the, from the holy foods. To referencing the sacrifice that you must bring and only then can you eat from holy foods. From the fact that it does not say it in a command type of form, obviously it's not referencing that you have to do any sort of specific activity after the sun comes in order to be able to eat from Shuma. That's why we go with the other interpretation, which is my vitaher. What does it mean when it says the word vitaher? Taher yoma, the day itself passes, a passive action, nothing that the human being has to put activity into. So therefore we know that the correct translation of this verse, interpretation of this verse is that the sun shall set, three stars come out, and then you can eat shuma. And we're going to bring one more proof to this. This is a linguistic proof. Kid Amri Inchi, like they say in Aramaic, the sun shall set and the day shall pass. That word idake shall pass is the Aramaic translation of the word vitaher. This shows us that the word vitaher can also mean it shall pass or the day shall pass. So we have an Aramaic linguistic nuance that teaches us that we read the verse correctly by translating it as the sun shall set, the day shall pass, and that is when you can begin to eat truma after going through that ritual process, the ritual purification process. That is the end of today's podcast. We got through some very important ideas. We started talking about the time to say Shema, a couple of different um, answers, especially on the end time. We saw an interesting move of the sages that in order to be careful, they, um, they went beyond the letter of the law. Um, we have, we understand, we, we, we heard the, for the first time the concept that the Jewish day begins at night. And we also got to do some verse interpretation, but I think interestingly enough, one of the most fascinating points that we went through is the styling of the Mishnah, that the Mishnah will try to combine as many lessons as possible into one word that you then need the Gemara to elaborate on, to kind of call, to kind of pull all of the different lessons that were intended of the Mishnah. You need the Gemara there to pull them all out for us and make them clear to us. Um, have a Shabbat Shalom, have a wonderful day. And I look forward to uh, talking soon. Take care.